0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Census Technologies podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along and watching along as we give you some industry thought leadership. As we explore today's topic, make sure that you're heading to our website, census.com. Again, c-e-n-s-i-s.com. For more information on the various touchpoints we're going to break down today, uh, but also for some more census thought leadership, including videos, articles, blogs, podcasts, and more. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button for a full catalog of previous conversations, plus notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be pulling away from some of our classic technology and use case conversations to have an important discussion that we think is reflective of the last year and a half, at the very least, of business disruption and acceleration. And that would be just as a society at large, we've gone through a massive cultural upheaval and have had many of our societal norms challenged by a time of crisis. Not only was this a strain on everyone's day-to-day stability, but it also put a wrench in a lot of office settings and their business leadership and leadership styles. If we think about some of the classic ways that leadership would engage with their teams, right? Motivating teams in person Finding ways to get in the trenches and lead alongside your team, um, that personal touch point of encouraging collaboration and creativity, all of those traditional playbooks got thrown out the window as basically one day to the next, teams became decentralized and became remote and all of your touch points, while they felt at least structurally similar, were now running through different channels and were hitting people in very different ways. So uh, as this hybrid work model persists and in some cases uh, go to remote work permanently in several industries, uh, we look back on a year and a half of challenges and on the podcast want to ask the question, how did company leadership respond during this crisis, during the pandemic? Where did it excel? Where did it fall short? And as we look ahead, what lessons can we take away to impact how today's and tomorrow's leaders approach this new uh, I guess setting for office leadership and prepare for more rapid and moments of adaptive change as leaders. So I'm pleased to offer some perspective and insights on this big picture topic today, uh, not only to understand that high level Eagle Eye View perspective on how leadership did and didn't respond to this crisis and what we can take away from that, but also offer some granular leadership strategies as well. So again, I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, Mr. Derek Murray. He's Senior Client Portfolio Manager at Census Technologies. Uh, He joined the industry as a trainer and now, almost six years later, is celebrating uh, a lot of leadership and a lot of uh, tangible direction here in this industry. I'm super excited to be sourcing his thoughts and pull a little bit from his background as well, Mr. Derek Murray. Great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing well.
1: Thank you, Daniel. It's great to be here this morning.
0: Yeah, it's a real pleasure getting to, again, pull from your insights. And like I mentioned, you have a, a pretty storied career. You've been in the industry now six years. But I'm curious if you can give our audience a little more context on your journey to Census Technologies in the service of just giving a a better understanding of the context and the perspective that you're bringing to today's conversation and how it informs uh, our broader conversation around leadership strategies.
1: Certainly, I'm glad to do that. Uh, Basically, started off, uh, I am a veteran. Uh, I am an Air Force uh, veteran. I spent six years in the United States Air Force uh, and leading uh, troops there uh back in the 80s um and then uh moved into uh teaching uh public school uh was a special educator uh in special education uh for 25 years and uh was training uh administrators uh, and teachers on conflict management skills uh, and leadership skills uh how to effectively uh lead students through through change and and different aspects of of education uh that sometimes are overlooked uh, that can cause some students to, um, not feel secure, uh, and feel listened to. So, uh, that's what I did. And then, uh, came into, uh, census, as you said, six years ago and, uh, have been working from being a trainer, uh, getting out into the sterile processing department and training our software, uh, and now moved into our client services, uh, area, uh, where I'm over a team of, of folks here.
0: Yeah, I mean, that couldn't be uh, a more diverse spread of leadership opportunities, but what a way to hone uh, different environments and different leadership needs, right? Leading uh, a, a team of special education professionals versus uh, leading uh, you know, uh, several folks in a military operation. That's going to be two totally different strategies that I'm sure inform a holistic perspective on leadership, especially in a crisis. Uh, I'm going to ask you to pull from more specifics from your background and have, uh, how that informs your perspective on, again, leading in a crisis, leading under uh, moments of extreme stress and having to adapt leadership styles in the moment. But what I want to do first is get just your overall perspective on the last year and a half. So pull from what you saw among other industries, um, but also among your own industry, among competition and competitors in the industry, regardless during the pandemic uh I guess, do you see the impacts of the last year and a half of our workplace model shifts, whether that is, you know, hybrid and remote work shifts, whether that's expectations around team structures, et cetera. Do you see some of these hits that came during the pandemic sticking for good and becoming the norm? Is this a new reality or is this something that goes through natural ebbs and flows and we'll see some general plateauing? What are your thoughts there?
1: Well, uh, you know, one of the things when change is thrust upon a group of people uh, in any industry, um, it, it can be difficult. Change uh, can sometimes bring out the best and sometimes the worst in some. Uh, and so it's important as leaders that we make sure that people feel like they're part of a change, uh, even a rapid change, uh, as what we've seen in the past year and a half. Uh, we were literally thrust, uh, one, one day we were, uh, working in the office and the next day we were not and had to, um, adapt to now being remote, um, which is kind of not hard for a tech company because certain aspects of our, of our, uh, jobs have been remote, uh, and, uh, on screen, uh, but now we're thrust fully into that as offices have closed uh, and people are now working from home. And I believe that it is kind of the new normal. I think this is something that as we're going forward, and I think it's ever evolving, uh, that we're seeing things change rapidly. And so therefore it causes our leadership to change as well. So we have to be change agents as well as leaders and make sure that we're uh, giving out information Appropriately doing what we can, communicating often, um, and just being there as much as we can virtually, uh, versus being there together, uh, in person. Uh, so it has, uh, drastically changed things, I think, in every industry, not just ours.
0: Well, let's hone in on just your industry. Uh, I'd like to just pull from some of the most granular examples possible for how we saw a company like Census respond. Uh, so if you reflect on some of uh, your colleagues in your industry, competitors, regardless how you saw uh, the general work structures of your industry respond, what did you see as a positive, right? Where did leadership, in your opinion, respond well to some of the societal changes we undertook? And why do you see these as strategies that ended up working well?
1: One of the things is having leadership that, uh, really genuinely cares. Uh, that's what we have. And, uh, we're very fortunate to have that. They pulled us off the, off the road. Uh, those of us that, uh, are in the hospitals around the country a lot. Um, that was, that's, that speaks big because they wanted to make sure, first of all, that, uh, everyone was safe. And so I really applaud our, our, our company for, for doing that, for being, uh, really active and, and in a lot of cases, proactive to get us, uh, safe and secure. Um, being, of course, we couldn't be in the office. Some of us are more, uh, we love being around people. That's me. Uh, so it was a real shift, uh, for me to go all virtual because I love being around people, talking to people, going to folks in my office, seeing how they're doing, uh, seeing people. Uh, gauging how they're, they're feeling about, uh, a, a, an initiative or something that a project we're working on. So things had to shift quite quickly. Um, and our company did a great job of doing that. Um, we communicated, uh, began a communication more often, uh, virtually every day, uh, which is something that I've kept along the way um our daily scrum uh every day except for Fridays with my team initiating that uh just so that we could really continue to um uh, support our clients uh and support each other well um so that was very very important um that quick change of getting us off the road keeping us safe moving forward with meetings and then building upon
0: that now let's get the flip side. Uh, there were plenty of examples of quality leadership, uh, but I think we can also reflect and each identify some areas where we saw leadership, regardless of industry, uh, not step up to the plate, right? And that could reflect poorly on many things, personal decisions around the leadership, uh, or just on the broader impacts of how that then impacted business operations uh, or employee relationships and um, some of the B2B partnerships already established with these companies. Regardless, I'll stop rambling there. Give me your perspective here. Where did you see some leadership styles fall short and why, right? Why did some of these tried and true methods just not work when push came to shove?
1: Well, I think um one of the things and, and it's something that's ongoing in every industry, with every company, and that is communication. I think um, when communication is in person, um you're able to um, see someone how they're responding and see kind of if they're understanding what's going on, um, when there's any kind of uh, project or change or something like that that's happening. Um, and so. It really, with the pandemic happening and us being now virtual, uh, it's really incumbent upon us as leaders to communicate as often and as healthily as possible. Um, sometimes, um, things being said, um, when something is said, there's sometimes what we call interference. Uh, so someone may hear something different than what the sender is sending it and, uh, so that causes its own kind of confusion. So it's really incumbent upon us to really make sure that we're communicating well. Um, I think our company did a good job of doing that, but it can always be improved. And I think that's one thing that we're even seeing now that communication has to be very, very healthy communication that both sender and receiver are understanding uh, what's going on. And that means requesting clarification, of different uh measures different uh aspects of of change that are happening across the organization. Uh so that is something that we're we're working on ongoing. I wouldn't say it's so much uh, a weakness as it is something that I think every corporation every company has to constantly work on uh so that everyone benefits.
0: You mentioned this a bit during uh your response to strategies you saw work during the pandemic, but I want to hone in even more specifically on census technologies and its response. I know that, for example, your St. Louis office on a dime had to switch to working from home 100% when the pandemic hit. I think that is a um, something that many of our listeners will empathize with. Uh, I mean, same thing happened on my end. We got the call on a Sunday, hey, starting tomorrow, we will not be coming into the office. And that flip uh, can be a huge momentum breaker if not handled correctly. Uh and so I'm curious what some of the biggest challenges were to your employees during this transition. What were some of the ways that momentum or that daily rhythm got the one-two punch? And what was the response to try to assuage um some of that friction?
1: Well here in St. Louis in the St. Louis office, um we are very much used to being out with our clients. Um, and so when we were pulled in, uh, we had to communicate often to our clients and in a different way, uh, because they were used to us coming. Um, we have certain folks that are um, in specific cities, Houston and New York, uh, that are client managers there that are on site every day, um, checking on our clients. And uh, so we were pulled in, and now we had to do everything remotely. Um, so if something went down, a printer or something like that, we had to do it remotely. Um, so we had to kind of sharpen our tools, um, to make sure that first of all, our clients were supported well, and then sharpen our tools with each other to make sure that we were all supported well. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure to institute uh, a daily scrum so that we could talk every day at the end of the day to see what things went well, what didn't go well, what we need to work on. Um, how our clients are doing. Um, not getting in there uh, really was not a factor as far as our competitor was concerned because they were home too. Um, so um, we had to kind of focus and put our focus in a different way uh in a different support model in order to support our clients well and to support each other well. As you said, uh, one day we were in the office, one day we were at home, Later on, um, earlier this year in January, we closed down the St. Louis office and now we are, um, in, in our St. Louis uh, customers, we are all remote. So that was a shift also that we had to, um, really absorb and because it was a quick thing that was happening. Um, and so we absorbed it well. Uh, I believe that everyone kind of figured that it was possibly coming um and so i think that we prepared ourselves for that uh, by just discussing things talking about things uh the what ifs if this does happen what will it look like and so uh, when it came i think everyone adapted pretty well um, and we're just continuing to adapt as we go forward uh, and just knowing that now our base is now in each of our individual homes as you know that all uh also one day being in the, in an office and then being at home uh all worlds collided so um you have you, you have now you're working from you, the place where uh one day you were not there and now you're there 24/7 uh and so you have family issues to deal with school issues to deal with um, just the regular daily grind of life. And we had to incorporate all of that, uh, that whole mixture, that gumbo, as I call it, and kind of sort it out piece by piece to know what flavor was in there, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so, uh, it's, it's an, it's an intricate dance. Um, but with good support and good leadership, like we have in census, um, it was able to be done. And we are moving forward and progressing well. uh yes, there's things to work on, everyone knows that, uh, but overall, we're moving forward as a what I say a family. uh that's what we really consider ourselves, so um, we're we're making those adjustments and and moving forward successfully
0: now, obviously, we're talking leadership strategies and styles here, and what I find I guess, incredibly impactful is how much this transition to having to, I guess, get sort of an internal check as a leader on, is what I'm doing as a leader really working? Am I going through the motions or am I engaging with my teams in authentic ways and ways that get them collaboratively engaged? And that was really tested by not having the traditional playbook handy, right? You couldn't just walk up to your employee's desk and ask them how the project is going, right? You have to create more incentive to buy into the communication in the first place. It's a little easier to see a team's message from an annoying manager and say, I'm going to get to this when I get to this, then it is, you know, engaging with that person one-on-one. And maybe if that's the relationship that was being developed with leadership and with, um, workers, then there was something missing in the first place, right? So all of that's to say, I think this scenario really challenged some of those preconceived notions around what works, what doesn't, and let leaders experiment with some new styles for engaging people creatively. So all that being said, uh, with that comes an understanding of what the responsibilities are of the leader in this context, right? Uh, How do you feel that the shift to remote and hybrid work styles have, I guess, renewed the set of responsibilities that leadership actually has, right? Give a critical analysis of which responsibilities you think are important to hone in and center on and which felt like, oh, I need to carry this weight and burden, or this needs to be how I manage day to day when in fact... Is not that effective or doesn't actually achieve the desired response, right? Again, just your thoughts on where responsibilities were renewed and why.
1: Yeah, I believe, um, because we were very, very, um, already predispositioned to, um, to really talk and be a team, uh, be a family that we considered ourselves. The transition, um, was, was not as difficult, I guess, as it could have been uh and that's because we were talking constantly um one of the things that i think is so important in leadership and that's authentic leadership and that is what i call a uh a, what i've heard call a big hearted leadership uh to where you're leading from your heart uh and people see that genuineness that you really genuinely care about them the work they're doing uh and then it causes them then to to ignite uh there's a passion that's ignited um in that uh and then uh, their productivity it actually goes up uh so that's something that i think is really one of the leadership styles that that i really like to embody is is authentic leadership just being authentic uh in my relationships with those that i have the stewardship uh, and, uh, to, to serve and to, to lead, uh, and making sure that they have everything that they need in order to do their jobs effectively. I think that's the most important thing before any other aspect of leadership takes place. That you have to make sure that people have what they need, that they're secure in what they need, uh, and that you listen. I mean, that's the biggest part. Listening, listening, listening and hearing and then understanding. Uh, what the needs are uh with those that that i've given the have been given the stewardship to excuse me to lead so um I think that is one of the the biggest aspects of uh how we have now um changed and and morphed into uh, a virtual um company uh of you know virtually coming on talking to people. Um, you know, I make sure that I, I every morning I send out a message uh, to my team just saying, hey, good morning, happy Tuesday, um, and then just kind of going over things, what the day looks like, and then reminding them often, I really appreciate everything that they're doing. Um, I think those are some of the most important things that we can do, especially since we're not in person, that we really uh value those members of our team and make sure that we uh focus on the as- aspects of not always what needs to to be uh worked on but also what people are doing well so celebrating those things i think we as leaders sometimes we we get in the mode of always trying to fix things but we need to to celebrate um awesome things that people are doing On a daily basis, they're engaging our clients. They're, they're, they're engaging them virtually when they're not able, even though we're able to get back into the hospital more now, uh, but there's still some restrictions. So, um, making sure that our customers are, are feeling, uh, like they're being listened to and that their needs are being met. So celebrating what the client managers are doing across the board, uh, and letting them know, hey, you are doing a great job. You know, we've had to make rapid change. And as I always say, constant change is here to stay. So it's, uh, just knowing that absorbing it and then supporting people so that they have the tools necessary, uh, to self-actualize and get things done.
0: And, you know, what really gets me excited about this conversation with you today, Derek, is pulling from your specific approaches to leadership and how that informs your perspective today. So, Thank you for all the context so far and for helping us better understand just a general overview of what did and what didn't work in assessing this new landscape and trying to adjust communications and engagement strategies. What a great conversation with Derek Murray so far. Thank you, everyone, for listening. and. For now, we've run out of time on this episode of Consensus, but there are more bits to break down with Derek as we explore in-the-trenches leadership, especially in a remote context, and how we can apply these strategies for the long term. So make sure you don't miss out on the follow-up episode here with more conversation with Derek Murray of Census Technologies. Till then, make sure you're heading to our website as well as subscribing to Consensus, a census technology, podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the very next episode.